And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. In the UK's longest running pageant, the title of Miss Great Britain Publicity for 2021-22 went to Elle Celine, who made history as the first winner to proudly be makeup free. A mental health worker who lives in London, Elle is redrawing the lines of pageant perfection with her normalized curves and natural complexion. Elle, if you are like me, which I believe that you are, you are probably asked this all the time. What are you? Being of mixed heritage, this is a very common question. So let's get right into it. Let's hear it. What ethnicities are you and why did being mixed make it hard growing up? So I'm a little bit of everything. I'm Romanian. I'm Greek and British as well. I grew up on a Greek island, which is called Skiathos. For those who don't know, it's Mamamir Island. And growing up on the island actually was quite easy because it's a tourist island. There was a lot of people from different cultures, different heritages, and actually it was all good. There was a lot of tourists that came in. There was a lot of kids as well in my school who were also mixed. So that part was all good. When I was 10, I came to the UK to go to boarding school. And that is kind of where everything didn't go according to plan. So it was a very sheltered school outside of London. It was quite far from London. So London being a very cultured place in the UK, this was the opposite. <laughs> this was like a, a country lane was was everywhere, you know, to get through the, the whole town. And for me, coming from a little Greek island to that was also a big culture shock. But also for them, it was a big culture shock. And I was there at quite a young age. So I was still very young. I wasn't even a teenager yet. I was still before preteen. And coming into that culture and coming into that world was really hard for me because I am a little bit darker. I do have olive skin and I have hairier arms. I have a facial hair. You know, it happens, you know, when you're younger, you don't, yeah. you shouldn't need to but do you know what I mean you don't yeah. do the maintenance that you might do when you're an adult and nobody ever had really pointed anything out because it, it just you just didn't when you were in Greece because everyone looked the same kind of thing you know we were all tanned because we'd been to the beach and it was just the thing um and then the kids in my senior school in the UK didn't really understand me where I was coming from and I'm quite a quirky person anyway and when I was younger I was even more quirky and that was kind of a target. I kind of had this target here on my head. Um, and I in turn acted out in class and towards some of my peers because I didn't fit in and it was scary. I didn't have my family with me either. I was I was there. Uh, my brother was in the school as well, but he was too cool to hang out with me. But um, <laughs> as brothers I, are. <laughs> exactly. And and I kind of like, you know, I, I was it was scary it was a scary time it was um and it was a culture shock for me even the weather like it was cold um <laughs> but but yeah it, it was it was a big culture shock coming from from Greece to to there and like I said for them to see me and back then there wasn't that discussion at an early time for kids to understand about different cultures so instead of asking questions about my heritage and who I was it was just this is a good target this person's vulnerable let's go mm-hmm <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, you know, so so let's go a little bit deeper here, you know, and because sharing is caring, do you care <laughs> to share a story 
about hair and i didn't not i really did not mean for that to rhyme the way that it did but <laughs> such as it is um for those of us women who do have more hair on yeah. our bodies than others means that mean things can be spent can be said to your point especially when you're younger when you're a girl growing yeah. up so yeah. love for you to share a story about maybe something that you heard uh growing up and and how you reacted what you did as a result sure um so growing up in school i i was called gorilla quite a lot and oh she looks like a man because i had a little bit of facial hair on my lip and i had i still do have quite hairy arms and it was it was scary because again, I was by myself and being a young person is hard enough as, as it is. And then being a young person who doesn't fit in is like tenfold because you're constantly trying to to fit that status quo and to fit society, especially as a young person, because you're so lost and you don't really know who you are when you're that age, when you're 10, 11. And I, as a result, shaved my arms. I plucked my eyebrows. I'm so glad that they grew back because I, I really, honestly, it was like, like they were just gone really and I put foundation on that was a little bit lighter than my skin complexion to try and mold and fit in to what in that time was popular and cool because I was it was scary and I was afraid to be honest to not fit in because I just wanted to blend in to be invisible because it standing out was it wasn't good it wasn't positive at that time and I remember at a on a swimming trip we went to like a theme park and water park and one of the boys uh, commented out uh, on my back I was wearing like this um kind of like this sports swimming costume and it had you know the ones with like the, the holes in the back and yeah. kind of yeah uh, yeah I was wearing one of those and at the time I, I remember feeling really confident as well and and this guy was like oh she's got such a hairy back and I grabbed, I remember grabbing my t-shirt, this big t-shirt that I had with me on the day and just putting it on. And even when I went in the pool, I, I kept the t-shirt on because I was so just, it took me back. And even thinking about it now, I'm back in that place kind of thing where I'm just like, I was quite shocked that he kind of shouted it out really loudly. And, oh, she's got a hairy back. Oh my God, the gorilla. And oh, it was so, it was, it was, it was crap. <laughs> it was crap. And you know, those words came with me into adulthood. Like even sometimes, even now I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, oh I've got a bit of a hair there. And those words that those kids told me, they're there, they're ringing. And I have to remind myself that I'm in 2022, that this is a societal issue. It's not my issue. My body hair, wherever it is, is beautiful. And it is again, my choice if I want it there or not. You know, as a woman, I should be able to choose. I think we have this, this, this thing in our heads in society, even now where having no body hair is very feminine and having just anything is manly and it does it takes me back to that playground sort of mentality of oh you know it's just just let women do what they want with their bodies man yeah <laughs> just let them do what they want just let them do just let us do what we want like we have enough grief as it is as a woman like this is our temple this is our this is us this is ours like let us just do what we want with it <laughs> right right let us rock our temple the way that we will and this is the exactly. way it should be right so exactly. You know, it's uh, so. So here's the thing: from being bullied and picked on, you became a pageant contestant and finished in the top five. So, I've never been in a pageant, and for others who haven't either, what is the best part of competing in something like this, and what is the worst? So, for me personally, the best part was meeting the other women, 
There was lots of different shapes and sizes, which was really refreshing to see and really empowering. And listening to their stories, we all had a different reason why we were there. And we all had a different reason why we, we were using that platform to, to tell our story and to help other people. Every woman that was there had her own traumas. And she was there standing there unapologetically being herself and telling the world who she was. And it was honestly, it was so empowering. It was amazing. Um, least favourite thing about being in the pageant was the high heels that I... I wasn't I wasn't forced to wear them, but I was I wanted to challenge myself, you know, like Miss Congeniality style. I was like, I'm going to walk in heels because normally I wear flats or like um, flip flops. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to challenge myself and walk. I think I just felt really elegant wearing heels. I didn't fall over, but I had to really practice beforehand. Right. Well, good for not falling over and practice makes perfect or, you know, yes. whatever perfect, you know, means. Um, you know, so so let's talk filters. So, you know, before the filters that are provided by Instagram and Snapchat, Maybelline, CoverGirl, they offered filters of their own in the form of makeup. Yeah. So after so many years of wearing it, like a mask perhaps, what made you realize that you didn't need it or want it anymore? For me, it was during lockdown. Um, there's a lot of pressure, I believe, for women to glow up and show up and be there. And, and when you think of a woman getting dressed and ready to go out, you think she's, she's doing her hair, she's putting her makeup on. You know, there's that almost that kind of like straight away you think of that. Uh, and with men, you don't. And during lockdown, all that pressure kind of just fizzled away. Um, there was a lot of people that were in lockdown, every country, we were all in lockdown. And that pressure to glow up, show up and go somewhere actually went away. The only places we were allowed to go were the shops <laughs> or the chemist. Mm -hmm. And you were wearing masks a lot. So going into the shop, I didn't need to, you know, it, slowly, slowly, I realized actually I had the mask on. All you could see was my eyes and it, it helped me. Funnily enough, ironically, a mask helped me remove my own mask. It sounds, yeah. boom. <laughs> 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 and it, honestly like, I'm going deep now but for real like it really did and going you know and just going to the supermarket and stuff I realized actually I don't need to rely on people's people's view of me like I, I used to rely so much on people's validation of who I of people's validation of my my existence relied on their validation my existence relied on what people thought of me a lot and it probably does come from being bullied in school and having various different experiences in my life not being included and that did again like I said it came into adulthood with me and I was wearing makeup to hide behind something I was wearing it because I felt like that's what other people wanted from me and I was wearing it because I thought if I looked a certain way in a certain style I would be liked more and in turn I wasn't really happy in with myself really and I was keeping really busy before lockdown I was always keeping busy and saying yes to everything to distract myself from all my trauma and everything that I was going through that I, I used a lot of other things as well to escape reality when I was younger. And being busy was almost like an addiction to me, especially just before the lockdown. And then straight when I was when I was in lockdown, I was like, oh my God, like I have to sit with my own thoughts now. I can't escape them. And you know what? At the time it was quite scary, but in reality, it really needed to happen. And I, I really feel that for me personally, I appreciate that COVID, the COVID times were so tragic for a lot of people and it was very difficult. But for me personally, it was what I needed to grow into the person I am today, into L that you see now. I probably wouldn't have been brave enough to talk to you right now about everything this openly before because for fear of being ridiculed and judged and for fear of the stigma around mental health, around women, around makeup, around everything that I was going through. And I just feel that something very positive came out of that. And going forward, 
I thought, you know what, there's going to be other women that are going to benefit from this. I can't be the only woman that feels like this, you know, and it's a very natural feeling to have hangups. I still hang have them as well. Like every, most days I'm like, Ugh. but it's that it's knowing how to deal with those positively and knowing how to ground yourself and speak to that inner child and speak to that voice that's kind of going Ugh, and say, you know what? No, I don't believe what you're, do you know what I mean? It's that conversation that I didn't have with myself before. And I was hearing these bullies and these people in my head all the time going, oh, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And going into Miss GB, a lot of people would go, well, if you didn't want the validation from people, why did you go into beauty contest? And I have had that a lot, that question. And you know what? Uh, my answer will always be the same. This, what I did was bigger than the competition. It was bigger than Miss GB. It was bigger than that. And you know what, fair play, people are gonna question why I went to a beauty pageant with no makeup on to say, I don't care what people think, I get that. And you know, their feelings around that are completely valid. But for me, it, it was about using a platform that is national. It was, it's a big platform, Miss GB. It's one of the, like you said, it was the oldest pageant in the UK. Yeah. Lots of young women and lots of girls follow that pageant and lots of young girls know about it. And after I announced that I was actually gonna do the no makeup in the pageant, I got news agents contacting me. I got loads of cool like interviews like, like this one and like, do you know what I mean? And it's still going on. The conversations are still being had a year later, which showcases that what I did needed to happen. And being the first woman to ever do that is, is an awesome feeling. Yeah, well, it's just, and it's inspiring. Um, you know, and just to show that you can be incredibly beautiful as you are without, without the mask and incredibly powerful what you Thank just you. said there that wearing a mask helped you realize that you didn't need or want the other mask. So, um, incredible lessons learned. Um, you know, so while you didn't want the makeup anymore, you did want the title and the title you did receive. So what did that do for you personally? What did having Again, even though you weren't seeking the validation, but having that, what did that mean to you? And what do you hope that means for other young women? So for me personally, it was never about the title. It was about it was about showcasing this this stance of choice. So the pageant for me was a stage and the makeup was just a symbol of choice. Um, and the title, I mean, it, it came to me and I was very grateful for it. Um, and having that title meant I could go forward and continue my hard work because once the pageant finished, that was when the hard work happened. And to be able to contact people and say, I miss GB publicity. I won this title on the back of all this work I've done in society recently it gives you that platform that maybe if I was on stage, I'm also a musician, I if I'm on stage at a gig saying, hey, I'm wearing no makeup, no one's gonna even hear me over the music. So <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and that and that is it. And like I said earlier, young girls follow Miss GB and because it's such a quite a big deal in the UK having, I'm sure in, in the US as well, pageants, it's such a controversial thing to happen It's on something on a stage like that. And you know, that kid that was once in school is so proud of me now because I used all the things that happened to me. I used them for a positive outcome and I'm helping other people and I'm becoming that person that I needed when I was there, you know, and that's one thing I've always wanted to do. And and for me as well, it's personally to, to, to know that I've changed how pageants are looked at and to know that that was me on my own on the back of just my own experiences. Yeah, my experiences weren't great and I wouldn't wish them on anyone. However, I used a very, I turned it all around and I put, I used, exactly what I wanted out of it and I said you know what my abusers and my bullies they didn't win I did because I didn't stay silent I told my story on a national platform mm -hmm. I helped so many women and and I had parents and 
kids messaging me going, thank you so much for reminding me that I'm good enough. And it was just that such a small thing. And it was like a ripple effect. And now, you know, there's, I think there's other women that are starting to do it in pageants now. There's there's a lot of talk on in the media around body image. And there's a lot more going on now, I think, especially in these last couple of years. And I'm so grateful to be part of that generation that hopefully will change how that looks. Because mm-hmm. growing up, I think me and you are probably a very similar age. Mm-hmm. Growing up, we had so many magazines and so many negative things told to us as women once you're born into this world I feel like as a woman you're in danger straight away and it shouldn't be like that absolutely shouldn't be like that and women's choice is such a strong topic at the moment and and that's why I did it it was it was about the choice that I didn't have as a child the choices that were taken away from me the choices that were taken away from other women I know to say you know what you've got a choice to do what you want to do with your body with your face (laughs) with what you wear no one should tell you otherwise you should feel like not even brave enough it's not the word you should feel confident enough to go out wearing whatever you want and no one should touch you should comment on your body should do anything that's not that's not okay and I think now that we are having these conversations and like I said a year later me and you're having this conversation which is amazing on the back of what I've done um, and I'm just grateful that these conversations are continuing and other women are, are benefiting from my decision well it's I'm so glad that you made that decision um you know so let's close out this way this month is bullying prevention month so to those who have been bullied you say and you have you've been quoted to say it's okay to be you what would you say to the bullies because often it is the bullies that need that reminder more than anyone the hurt that they inflict on others is often a reflection of the hurt they themselves have endured so my question to you is is to these bullies what is it that you'd like to say so i'd like to say first and foremost i'm sorry that that happened to you i'm sorry that you went through that as well however that's not an excuse to then give that energy to somebody else i feel like there should be early intervention for everyone for anyone who's struggling i feel schools should definitely have more awareness about bullies the bullied and and what sort of steps they can take to prevent any of that happening because i do think that it starts very young um i'd also like to say to them that there are there are people that will help you as well you don't have to suffer in silence and reach out educate yourselves if you don't understand something read about it ask the person that's got frizzy hair or ginger hair or freckles whatever it is that you're like afraid of to just comment on or whatever just ask people like that's it just ask anyone and i'm sure they would answer you and they would help you out and it's you're 100% right it is it is the the bullies that almost need more help sometimes than than us the ones that are bullied because they do get overlooked because they're you know once someone says a bully you think negatively about them but actually you're completely right there are people that have suffered trauma and this is their reaction to that trauma however we're not responsible for that for their trauma we're not we're not responsible for their triggers and they're not responsible for ours I do think together we need to have that early intervention in place in 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 the whole world to help prevent it to get to that point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story for sharing your journey and your beautiful face and <laughs> you your do. beautiful you look quite similar like we could be sisters <laughs> or something I was thinking that I was like that's we look very when you came on the screen I was like yeah <laughs> we look the same it's great we are we are perhaps sisters from other misters I mean this is a possibility who knows um <laughs> but I want to just 
Thank you so much, Al, for, for sharing your story, for helping all of us become just a bit more aware now. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.